line, second and six from there. Defensively for Western, up front, Leo Brown, Ricky Newman, John Dixon, and Max Ford. As the Birds are going without a huddle, they're into their two-minute offense here at the start of the ballgame. They give to the tailback, and Toby Davis is crunched at the line of scrimmage, and he goes down. Virtually no gain there, and at the 42, it'll be third down now in about five as the Birds are using a no-huddle offense here at the very start of the football game. Clarence Miller wide to the left. And Larry Dickinson is to the right. Third and six, and back to throw is Cheney. Throws the screen pass, caught by Davis. He's got it at the 45. He works his way for the first down at the 49-yard line. And the Redbirds, Mike Murray, have worked so well in the two-minute offense all year, they're going to go with it here at the start of the game. Well, they picked up right where they left off last week at Indiana State. It worked so well in the final minutes there that uh, they're just going to keep it going, and they're ready again. First and 10 for the Birds, just shy of midfield. Here's Cheney rolling out to his right. He has great protection, now throws it out to Vic Northern, who can't hang on to it at the 50-yard line, an incomplete pass, a hard hit that time by Brian Cox, the outside linebacker, the senior out of East St. Louis, whose cousin, Mike, is the starting running back for Western. Cox was the gateway defensive player of the week last week and so both gateway players of the week on the field right now dickinson for the birds and cox for western illinois here's cheney a quick opener up the middle that's the fullback vic northern who has a little bit of room across the 50 and he gets to the 48 and is stopped there after about a five-yard gain and again the redbirds face third and five and they continue to go here without the huddle as they're in western territory well, they converted third and six last time with a screen pass to Toby Davis. Davis is the slot back on the left side. Wide outs each way, and here's Cheney back to throw. In trouble, now rushed out of the pocket. Now he throws toward the corner, and it's caught by Clarence Miller, and it's a first down at the 41-yard line. Cheney in trouble, started the roll out to the right, then thought better of it as he put on the brakes and found Clarence Miller just in time on the left sideline. First and 10 at the 41-yard line. In Western Illinois territory, Redbirds on their first possession of the game are on the move here with 10.39 to play in the period. Quick drop by Bryan, throws it long. There's Dickinson, he has a step, but that one's thrown too far. Incomplete as the coverage that time for Western Illinois was not quite there as Dickinson had a step on the defensive back, Trevor Grimshaw. And that will set up Second down and 10 yards to go for Illinois State. They continue to go without the huddle. They're at the Western 41-yard line. Here's Cheney giving it off. Toby Davis, a bit of a hole. Now he's crunched down at the 35-yard line after he picked up six yards. And, Dick, you can see that this, uh, this no-huddle offense has uh, completely confused and caught the Western uh, defensive coordinator completely off guard. You can see them... Uh, screaming on the sidelines, wondering whether or not to shuttle in the next defensive player. Third down and about four, and another third down opportunity here as Brian Chaney rolls out, throws it over the middle, wide open, Brian Brown, he's got the first down across the 20, hauls a tackler with him to the 18-yard line. First and 10 from there for the Birds, Art McIntyre, a junior from Wichita, Kansas, made the stop. The Redbirds have now run nine plays, and they've used only about two and a half minutes on the clock. They've converted third down three times on this opening series of the game. And they're at the 18 in Western Territory. Here's Cheney, straight back to throw, looks it over and throws over the middle in the end zone, and it's caught for a touchdown! Brian Brown has got it! 
A great catch as he had to reach out to get the football, and the birds suddenly are on top, six to nothing, on the 18-yard TD pass from Cheney to Brian Brown. Well, the first touchdown catch of uh, Brian Brown's career, and uh, again, I think that was uh, a big part of that was due to the fact that uh, with the hurry-up offense, that Illinois State simply caught them off guard. And, Brian Brown was wide open in the middle of the end zone. Redbirds will try for the extra point as Rick Seitz, who a little bit more than three weeks ago contracted spinal meningitis, is on the field. He's yet to miss one this year, 13 for 13. Brown, who caught the TD pass, holds it for Rick, who puts it up through the uprights, and the Birds have a 7 nothing lead and a very promising start here for Illinois State at Western Illinois. 9.51 to play in the period. It's 7 nothing Birds. Be good, Willis Kern. A great start for the Birds here as they drive 59 yards in 10 plays and score the first touchdown of the ballgame. Charlie Shockey will tee it up and kick it with the wind. Brian Brown making his first touchdown reception of the year on his 25th catch of the season. And for Brian Chaney, that is touchdown pass number eight of the year. Boy, the offense looked tremendous on that opening drive, Mike. Well, it remains to be seen if Illinois State will continue to do that. But for the stat fanatics, uh, they won't have much in the way of time of possession. Ah. That's a little misleading, isn't it? As the kick here by Charlie Shockey goes out of the end zone, Charlie really put the foot into it that time, and no return for Western Illinois as they're forced to start at their own 20-yard line. The Birds with an early advantage. They're up a touchdown here at Western Illinois. And now we see Western's offense on the field for the second time. The touchdown drive took 2 minutes and 15 seconds. They ran 10 plays. That's simply unheard of nowadays, unless you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Here's the quarterback giving it to the running back, and Derek Swanson has hit at the line and dropped right there, and the Redbird defense fired up after they saw what the offense did with that hurry-up offense. It looked as though it was Wilbert Brown and Tony Hosey who combined on the stop, and now Darren Neputy comes on the field. He had arthroscopic knee surgery just two weeks ago as he replaces Hester Williams. Second and 10 for Western Illinois. Birds with an early 7-0 lead as they go for the winning record here. The give to Mike Cox, and they're all over him at the line of scrimmage. Willie Price was there. So was Vander Harris. And the Birds all over the two running plays. They stuffed them. This time about a one-yard gain for Cox, and it's third and nine coming up for Western. Western came out with two running plays in their first possession and were very successful at it, going right up the middle. This time, it looked like just about the same two plays, but uh, they didn't go anywhere. And now, obviously, this Illinois State defense is uh, back on their heels a little bit, looking more for the pass. The deep man, the only running back, actually, is Mike Cox. In motion now is Bernard Holloway going to the right. And rolling out is the quarterback. He's in trouble. He gets through Neputy, and now it's on the run, but Willie Price stops him at the 24-yard line. Willie Davis made a great move on Darren Neputy to avoid the sack. Darren in the backfield, as he so often is. After Davis got away, it was Willie Price who made the play after a three-yard gain, and on fourth and six, they'll have to kick the ball. Well, that one looked like a design quarterback run almost all the way. 
Uh, and it simply didn't fool the Illinois State defense. Eric Amdahl on to kick it here for the Leathernecks, who trails 7-0. Birds are going for the block, but they can't quite get there. It's a wobbly kick and a fair catch called for by Dickinson at the 46-yard line. Redbirds start in their own territory, but close to midfield. They're in great shape once again, field position-wise, and so let's see if they continue to go now with that no-huddle offense after a 30-yard kick by Amdahl, who's not having a very good day kicking against the wind. No, he just headed for the sidelines, and I noticed that he avoided the entire Western Illinois coaching staff. <laughs> well, he's a junior. He knows what to do in this situation. He's maybe been there before. At the 46, the Redbird offense back on the field, first and 10. Chaney fakes the handoff and is back to throw, sets it up in the flat to Toby Davis across midfield. Now he works his way to the 45-yard line, and he's out of bounds at about the 42-yard line in Western Illinois territory. Took a pretty good hit over there. It was applied by Lamar McGriggs, a senior from Park Forest, Illinois, who started his collegiate football career at Oklahoma State and was co-Big 8 Newcomer of the Year when he played for the Cowboys. So he's a talented player now with Western Illinois as a transfer student. It was enough for the first down to the 42-yard line. No huddle for the birds. And here's Cheney throwing long, wide open middle. He's got it, but he falls down at the 16-yard line as he took a hit there as he caught the ball. Great pass to Clarence Miller, who makes his second catch of the game. The defensive play was made by Elsie Barnett, a junior from Dallas. And the Redbirds, up 7 to nothing, have the ball at the 14-yard line now in Western Territory. The Redbird offense volatile as Cheney is back to throw and puts it over the middle, and that one's almost intercepted, incomplete, as Bob Siebenauer, a junior from Eden, Ohio, had the opportunity to intercept that one, and that sets up second and 10 for the Redbirds, who continue to go here without the huddle. Brian Cheney doing a great job of orchestrating this uh, this drive much as he, as he did in the first possession. He gives it off here to Toby Davis. A little bit of room up the middle. Toby now lunges to the 10-yard line for about a four-yard gain. And it's second and six coming up there. Cheney throwing the football is now seven out of ten for 89 yards. And on a couple of those plays, such as the second one of this drive where he hit Miller, uh, that play was designed to go to Dickinson. He, he looked off I saw he was covered and ended up hitting him and hit him right on the numbers. Now three men in the backfield as the birds run the option. The ball is fumbled and Cheney will fall on it. No, he couldn't come up with it. It's loose and a scramble for it. And they're, bla they're blowing the play dead because there was a flag at the line of scrimmage. And apparently illegal procedure against Illinois State. And that turns out to be a break for the birds who may otherwise have lost the football there and back at their own 30-yard line. As it is, the penalty will take the ball back to the 15 and will make it third and 11, but they've got another chance to convert the first down, and even if they don't, they would wind up with a field goal opportunity. Seven minutes to play in what's been an active first period here at Western Illinois. The Birds already with a touchdown on an 18-yard pass from Cheney to the sophomore tight end Brian Brown and now they're down at the 15-yard line in Western Territory again but they face a third and 11 from there Dickinson and Miller are both wide to the right eye formation behind Brian who gets it rolls to his right and has protection now continues to run now throws the ball and that's tipped and it's going to be incomplete Larry Dickinson almost made a circus catch on the sidelines after the ball had been tipped by Western Illinois' 
Art McIntyre. And so the birds will settle for three here as Rick Seitz is on the field. Rick this year is five out of eight on field goal tries. His longest of this year, only 42 yards. He did kick a 52-yarder last year against Western at Hancock Stadium. This will be a 34-yard effort. Rick, a little weakened by the spinal meningitis, will try to put it through from 34 yards away as the kick is up. It appears they have enough distance, but it is not good. It is wide to the right, and so the birds do not get the points on that opportunity. And it's still a 7-0 Illinois State lead as Western Illinois' offense comes on the field. They get the ball at their own 20-yard line. Says Western Illinois has just completed its first pass of the game. Back to throw it to freshman Willie Davis. He found Bernard Holloway at the 26-yard line who was tackled immediately there. And it's second down and four for the Leathernecks now as they come up over the football. Here's the quick snap and the draw play, and it goes to Chuck Fox in the game as the running back, and he spins his way for the first down. Hit behind, or about at the line of scrimmage by Tom Newberry, but he got away from that tackle and then spun through the tackle effort by Willie Price and gets the first down at the 32-yard line, second first down of the game for Western as the Birds lead it here, 7-0 with six minutes to play in the opening period. Mike Williams in on that stop, limping off the field. He was at the inside linebacker spot and is now replaced by Wilbert Brown. First and 10 for Western Illinois. Split backs and a long count by Davis. Now he's back to throw, puts it out toward the corner. That is dropped by Mike Cox, incomplete. Would have had a short gain. Wilbert Brown was bearing down on him as he tried to make the grab. Second and 10 for the Leathernecks. Now about halfway through the fourth period. Illinois trails Michigan 22-17. to 17. And as we just heard from Willis Kern, 7-6 to six at the half. Bloomington hanging on to a one-point lead in their playoff game against Peoria Richwoods. Second and 10 for Western Illinois. Cox and Fox are the running backs on the pitch to Chuck Fox, who cuts inside across the 35, runs into Tony Jones, and goes no further as he stopped at the 37-yard line. Tony Jones, the junior, has had an outstanding year for the Redbirds, and he made the play there after about a three- or four-yard gain. There is a flag thrown. And it was thrown right on the pile. Looks like we're going to have a face mask call uh, against the Redbirds. Well, maybe Tony did have to use the face mask to bring the ball carrier Fox down suddenly, and that'll give the Leathernecks possibly a first down. No, it will not, because it's not a serious infraction. It's the five-yard face mask penalty, and so they're still just a little bit short, but it's second down, and only a yard to go from the 41-yard line in Western Territory. You know, Dick, this Western team mixes up uh, the pass and the run about as well as anyone we've seen this season. See what they're going to do here. They've got a lot of options on second one as they're going to run the ball and getting outside is Holloway. Now he's dragged down nicely by Anthony Burton, but he did get the first down when it looked like he might get away and get quite a bit more. At the 34-yard line, the gain is about three, and it's first and ten Western Illinois. This is their deepest advancement of the ball game. And they, uh, again, they have done a good job of keeping the uh, Redbird defense off balance. They've run wide right, wide left, quick hitters up the middle and then run quite a bit of play action off of that. So uh, it's a little bit difficult for the linebackers yet to uh, get a good read on the Western quarterback. Speaking of balance, the Leathernecks may feel they've regained theirs here as they 
started in trouble with the Redbird offense being very productive. Willie Davis back to throw, steps up and gets rid of it, and it's incomplete. Brett Feldy tried to make the catch at midfield, but had to reach too far and couldn't hang on to it. Willie Davis pressured a bit, threw it on the run, and now it is second and ten from the 44-yard line in Western Territory. The Western receiver, uh, it was a matter of the pass was thrown a little bit behind him, and just as he is reaching back, I think he uh, he caught Joe Woods out of the corner of his eye and may have uh, uh, forced him to lose a little bit of that concentration. Brett Veldy, who leads the Gateway Conference in yards per reception with a little bit more than 17 yards of catch, is wide to the right. Here's Davis back to throw, has a lot of time. Now rushed out of the pocket. Hester Williams gets him and brings him down back at the 42-yard line and credit the defensive backs with creating the opportunity for the sack as it was Hosey and Williams who combined on the play a loss of only a couple of yards and it's third and 12 coming up for the next. Well, that's the second or third time that Illinois State has gotten to the quarterback. Uh, they put an awful lot of pressure on the offensive line. They uh, they don't leave any of the running backs really in to, to help block. Uh, puts a lot of pressure on the, on the men up front and consequently uh, the outside linebackers, the defensive ends are, are getting some pressure. Kelvin Malone in the game now is a wide out to the right. That was the second sack against Davis, who's back to throw, looks it over, now gets rid of it. That's overthrown, incomplete, intended for Lance Earl, a sophomore from DeKalb, whose brother Chris played here as a wide receiver at Western Illinois. That sets up fourth and 12, and it'll force the third punt of the game here for Eric Amdahl. 7-0 Illinois State with the lead. The Birds scored on their first possession, an 18-yard TD pass from Cheney to Brown, and then moved it inside the 15-yard line on their second possession, but could not score as the field goal missed by Seitz kept the score at 7-0. Now another fairly short kick by Amdahl, and coming up to call the fair catch at the 31-yard line is Larry Dickinson. Well, it's not easy kicking into that wind. Redbirds have yet to kick the football as they still have the wind advantage here for another 3.54 in the first period. A 27-yard kick that time by Andall, and the Birds start at the 31-yard line, which is as deep in their own territory as they've been in this football game. Again at the half, it's Bloomington leading Peoria Richwood 7-6 at Fred Carlton Field. We'll go back to more reports, of course, from Willis Kern in the second half. First and ten here, and they give to Toby Davis, and he's met at the line of scrimmage and actually lost a yard or two back to the 30. Good open field stop that time as Toby Davis found himself in no man's land, and the birds continue to go without the huddle as they face second and 11 from the 30-yard line. They huddle on the first play of the series, but after that it's no huddle, and back to throw is Bryant. Tosses it out there to Davis, but it's a short gain. Toby lost the football, may have gotten it back at the 29-yard line as the tackler grabbed the ball away from Toby Davis. It came down to the turf, and Davis able to hop back on it right at the line of scrimmage. Well, they, were, uh, they were fighting for it. There were uh, two defenders on the play, and actually it was a situation where they had actually stood up Toby, and his forward progress was halted, and it was at that point that they uh, started stripping the ball from him. Joe Allen and Brian Cox, the outside linebackers, made the play. It was Allen who stripped it free, but the Birds able to get it back, and now it's third and 11, and again without the huddle, Cheney back to throw, has a lot of time, now runs out of the pocket, he gets away, and he gets to the 30, and he dives to the 34 to gain just a couple of yards, maybe three, and that sets up fourth down, and for the first time in the game, ISU punter Doug Brager 
is on the field. The freshman from Highland, Indiana, has averaged 34 yards a kick. Western Illinois sends Lamar Griggs back to receive the punt. He's standing at his own 20-yard line. Brager gets the snap and gets it away, and that's not a bad kick. The wind helps it out a little bit. It comes to the 19-yard line while McGriggs takes it, comes back to the 25, now runs into his own blocker, runs into a tackler. Skip Nicholson got a piece of him, and now the rest of the coverage catches up with him at the 24-yard line. Western Illinois starts there first and 10. Well, we've seen that pretty much all season long, Dick. Uh, terrific punt uh, coverage, kickoff coverage by ISU. Uh, it was something that Jim Haycock wanted to emphasize throughout the season. They worked on it quite a bit before the year began. I think it's paid off. Their special teams play has been uh, uh, just about terrific all season long. A 48-yard kick that time by Brager with the wind and a five-yard return, and Western at its own 25-yard line. Starts first and ten with the birds ahead here by a count of seven to nothing. Give to Bernard Holloway, the deep man in the eye. Crosses the 30, and now he's tripped up and gets to the 32-yard line. Nice run by Holloway, the senior from Florida. The tackle made by Scott Love of the Redbirds now in there at that outside linebacker position. The game was to the 33. They gained eight yards, and it's second to two coming up. Under two minutes to play now in the first quarter. In the game for Western is Steve Ross. He's wide to the left. Just one running back, and that's Cox who gets the ball, gets the first down. Now Tony Jones cracks into him. Joe Woods helps bring him down, but he got across the 35 to the 37. Picked up about four more. And it's first and 10 Western Illinois. The Leathernecks have had a little bit of success on the ground as that is their, what, third, first, fourth first out of the game, all of them on the rush. Well, on two other possessions, they started out with uh, two carries, good for a first down, and then went to the play action uh, to try to get something of it. I don't know if they'll stick to the rush this time. They, they may be well advised to do just that. Lance Earl and Steve Ross wide to the left. I formation behind Davis, who pitches the ball to Cox. Now he cuts back, crosses the 40, works hard, gets across the 45, and down he goes at the 46-yard line. Scott Love and Wilbert Brown combined to make the stop. Also, when there was Hester Williams for the birds, but another hard run by Bernard Holloway, not Cox. It was Bernard Holloway who carried to the 46. A gain of eight once again, and it's second down and two. Good chunk of real estate, and this is about the uh, third, fourth time we've seen Western uh, facing just the second and one, second and two, and you wonder uh, when they're actually going to try to go deep on one of these situations. They look to get in Redbird territory for the first time in the game. Backs are split this time, and Davis is back to throw on second and short, and he puts it out toward the corner. That's caught by Beldy at the 48-yard line in Redbird territory, and he's stopped right there by Joe Woods, who made a good open field stop at the 46. But it's first and 10 Western, now in Redbird territory, as they did put the ball up in the air on second and short. Redbird scored on the first possession for them in the game as they drove 59 yards. Scored in 10 plays, going without the huddle. 18-yard pass from Chandy to Brown, put it in the end zone. Birds had another opportunity on their next possession, but couldn't take advantage of it, and it's still 7-0 as Western now is on the move. Derek Swanson gets the handoff. He runs through a couple of tacklers and gets to the 40-yard line again of about six, and the Birds are missing some tackles. 
Robert Brown had a chance to get him early, as did Tony Jones, but uh, Tony Hosey, rather. They both missed him, and it may have been Jones who eventually made the stop at the 40-yard line, where it's now second down and four yards to go as the first period comes to an end. One quarter complete here at Macomb, and it's 7-0 Illinois State with the advantage. We'll continue here with Redbird football in just a moment. Thank you, Kurt. We're just ready to begin the second period here. Birds lead 7-0, but Western on the move as Davis fakes the handoff and is back to throw. Looking long, a man is open. That's Bildy, and he'll catch it. It's a touchdown. Bird beaten deep on the play. A 40-yard touchdown pass from Davis to Brett Bildy, who, as I mentioned earlier, leads the gateway in yards for reception, and that time he catches one in the end zone to make it 7-6. Illinois State now up by one. Well, the Leathernecks didn't waste any time taking advantage of that uh, the win that's behind them. They they fought it the whole first quarter, punted into it three times, and here on the very first play, they go deep and get the big touchdown pass. Veldy well out in front of the ISU defenders, Antoine Worthman and Anthony Burton giving chase, but to no avail. And the PAT try now coming from Matt Seaman, a freshman from Sherman, Illinois. As the kick is low, and he got it through the uprights anyway. Somehow that was not blocked as he kicked it right into the line, and it just got over the crossbar and through the uprights, and it is now a 7-7 football game with 14.54 to play here in the second period. We'll be back with more from Macomb right after this. The kickoff coming here for Western Illinois. As Seaman, who just added the extra point, will boot it. D for Dickinson and Danelle Foster, and it comes to Dickinson at the five-yard line. Larry is to the 10, the 15, across the 20. There's a wedge. He gets to the 25 and now runs right into a man and is driven backwards from the 28-yard line or so, and that's where the birds will start. First and 10 as the tackle for... Western Illinois was made by Siebenauer, Bob Siebenauer, a junior out of Eaton, Ohio. After one period, Illinois Wesleyan has a 28 to nothing lead over North Park. The Titans have a chance to finish at seven and two if they can win that one. That would be their best record in 10 years, and they're off to a good start in that effort. Right here at the 7-7 score, the Birds have the early touchdown, but Western has now tied it. And the Redbirds at their own 29-yard line start first and 10 as Cheney rolls out to his right, now stops, now throws the screen back the other way, and it's too far for Brian Brown, a late flag, and now another one thrown here by the officials. I'm not quite uh, sure what those flags are about, but that was a situation where uh, Brian Cheney simply threw the ball away. The, the screen pass just wasn't there. He started rolling out to the right and then set up the screen here on the left side, but he threw it too far for Brian Brown, who was well covered, and as you say, Mike, in all likelihood, Brian was throwing that one too far purposely. The penalty is against the Redbirds. I think it's for... And I believe that's an illegal man downfield, and which may be a consequence of, yeah. of throwing that ball. That is loss of down, I believe, as they mark off five yards against the Redbirds. And it is second down and 15 from the 24-yard line. The downs marker has first down, but I think it should be second down. The scoreboard shows second down, and I believe that's right. Well, it could be. They think we're Colorado. <laughs> I hope so. Here's the dive by the fullback, and Vic Northern able to get out to the 30-yard line. He picked up five and then another one. 
And that will set up third and nine for Illinois State from the 30-yard line. Now the birds are going with the huddle. So they used that no-huddle offense through their first three possessions, scored on the first, got close on the second, and didn't do much on the third. And now if they operate against the wind, they are going with the huddle. And uh, take note that down the sideline, the official has it as second down. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, one of the coaches uh, over on the western sideline was trying to make it a point, make it a point there, but uh, it's second down officially, I think. Here's the give to Richie Thompson. He spins his way to the 35-yard line, now the 36, and he goes down there. And whether it's third or fourth down is about to become critical because the birds did not get the first. And third down is what the downs marker is showing, which is the official. And apparently we're, I don't know, I think we may be getting an extra down here. I thought a legal man downfield was loss of down. I could be wrong about that. Maybe it wasn't supposed to be well, loss of down. Well, we seem to think it was loss of down, and as did the scoreboard operator. So uh, we'll wow. see which way it goes. It's, it's third, and we're running a play. Wishbone formation. Richie Thompson does not get the first down as he tries to get over the middle and is thumped down right at the 36, and so it didn't matter, as the birds will have to cough up the football anyway, and for the first time, Doug Brager now kicks into the wind. Dick, I'm absolutely convinced that with a sixth down, we would have made it. <laughs> well, we still have three yards to go, but they're not going to give us another opportunity, and so Doug Brager will have to kick it. Their return man, McGriggs, is very deep. He's expecting a big kick against the wind here by Brager. He's going to have to come up to field this one, I can tell you that, as the kick is held up by the breeze, and it'll bounce at the 40, and it will roll Illinois State's way all the way to the 30-yard line, and McGriggs made a mistake there. He was way too deep to field the kick. He did not take the wind into account. And as a result, the birds get an extra 10 yards on the roll. It turns out to be a 34-yard kick, 24 through the air, and 10 more on the ground. And Western starts at its own 30-yard line, first and 10. We're tied here at Macomb. The score is 7-7. They're just underway in the second half. Over at Bloomington, the Raiders and Peoria Richwoods and BHS with a 7-6 lead. We'll get back to Willis Kern here when we can. And as we've heard from Kurt Swearingen, it's a nothing-nothing game early in the first quarter at Hancock Stadium between Central and El Paso. Here's the draw play to Mike Cox. He gets outside, gets around a couple of men, has the first down across the 40, and now he's dumped at the 44-yard line. Anthony Burton forced to make the play, and the Redbird defense struggling a bit here in the early going at Western Illinois. So just a quick pitch to the left going around the left side, and there was just plenty of open ground there. Uh, no one really to make the play until he got well into the secondary. It's a 15-yard gain, and at their own 45, Western has a first and 10. Brett Vildy comes wide to the right. Steve Ross is the slot on the right side. I formation of Holloway and Cox behind Willie Davis, who gives it to the deep man in the eye. That's Chuck Fox in the game now, and he dives close to midfield, picked up about four as he is stopped from behind, it looks like Vander Harris was the first one in on that play. Give him a gain of three to the 48-yard line, and from there it's second down, seven to go. And uh, taking a page out of the ISU playbook, uh, Western going without the huddle here. As they are up over the football. Well, they saw how it worked for the birds yeah. with the wind, and they're going to try it themselves. Again, two wideouts to the right. The backs are split. Quick snap. Davis back to throw. Has time. Puts it out there. It's caught by the short man. 
That's Fox, who is stopped right where he had to get to the line of scrimmage. Good open field tackle by Joe Woods. Some help from Wilbert Brown, but he didn't get him soon enough to stop the first down as they spot the ball at the 44 in Redbird territory, and it's first and 10 Western. And again, going without the huddle, making the most of, uh, of the wind behind them. Split backs, two wideouts to the left and one more. Just into the ball game for Western. Kelvin Malone, a senior from Rockford, wide to the right. Here's the sweep to the short side. The right side, Chuck Fox gets rid of a couple of tacklers, crosses the 40 and is to the 39-yard line. Tony Jones had a chance to get him, but he missed the tackle, and there have been a lot of missed tackles here in the recent going for ISU. Gain of six, and it's second down and four for Western Illinois. 7-7 score. Birds had an early 7-0 lead and had a chance to increase the margin as they had the ball down to the 11-yard line. But they wound up missing a field goal try on that possession, and now Western has come back to score, and they're threatening again. A long count this time as, again, the Leathernecks went without the huddle and back to throw as Davis puts it out toward the corner. Wide open, Veldy. He's got the first down, and he stopped right there at the 30-yard line. Wilbert Brown made the tackle but Veldy wide open for a short pass out on the left flat first and 10 western at the 30 yard line they continue to go without the huddle that's Veldy's fourth catch already for 60 yards he caught the 40 yard touchdown pass earlier ten and a half minutes to play in the second quarter this game started rather promisingly for the birds but western has been the better team here in the recent going as Davis gives it off to Chuck Fox, he tried to sweep, now cuts back, and he runs right into a tackler at the line of scrimmage. Tony Jones was there along with Darren Neputy to make the play at the 30, and it's second and 10 from there. And this hurry-up offense of Westerns uh, still hasn't really hurt the ISU defense in that they still have had plenty of time to make their substitutions. In fact, Anthony Burton just came into the game here for this play. He is now at free safety instead of Gus Washington. Second and 10 with split backs and three wideouts. Two to the left as back to throw is Davis. Looking left. There's a long time to look. Now he throws it in a hurry and gets rid of it as Darren Neputy was bearing down on him and he threw it incomplete. Well out of the reach of Lance Earl who was close enough to the ball so that intentional grounding could not be called. Third and 10 is now the story for Western. They're at their own, or that at the uh, ISU 30-yard line. With a third down situation uh, facing them, they're, they're going to huddle up now and uh, certainly collect their thoughts, try to go get into the right play. But you can see a uh, few weeks out of action hasn't uh, slowed down Darren Eputy too much. Well, he has been in that backfield a couple of times already, playing after the knee surgery of just a couple of weeks ago. Third and ten, the situation, and Davis back to throw. Hard rush, they don't get to him, and it's caught at the 20-yard line, and it's enough for a first down, it appears, as going down right at the 20, or just past the 20, is Kelvin Malone, the senior from Rockford. Davis drilled that right in there between a couple of defenders, and it's first and ten, Western at the 19-yard line. And Malone did a terrific job of going exactly where he had to go to get the first down, turned around, and the ball was there. A wide out each way. And the split backs behind the freshman, Willie Davis, who has looked very good. He looked good when we saw him in the high school playoffs last year. He gives it here on a delayed handoff, a draw play, and Mike Cox works to the 18, and then is snowed under there as he couldn't find the hole, stuttered a little bit, and then took off, but ran right into a, a three white-shirted tacklers, the 
lead man was Tony Jones, and a gain of one on the play sets up second and nine. 7-7 the score, 8.51 to play in the first half here in ISU's finale at Western Illinois. Well, as you know, Dick, this is the uh, part of the field where the ISU defense has been especially tough all season long. Uh, maybe Western knew what they were doing when they put the ball up uh, uh, from the 40-yard line their last time down, because once you get inside that 20, they can be uh, hard to move on. Timeout has just been called by the Leathernecks. That'll give us an opportunity. Wideouts are to the right here for Western Illinois as they face a second down and nine. 7-7 the score here. And a long count by the freshman, Willie Davis, who gets the ball, is back to throw, the blitz is on, he loops it over the head of the intended receiver, Brett Feldy, who couldn't quite catch up with it. Davis knew he had to get rid of it in a hurry because of the blitz. Feldy was open, but I don't believe Feldy looked back soon enough or he would have caught the ball for a touchdown. No, the play was there, and it was a great call, considering that, uh, uh, that they had man-to-man -man coverage there, that ISU was caught... Uh, with a couple extra men up on the line, it was there. He simply overthrew the receiver. The Illini have lost at Michigan, 22-17. Wolverines a winner, second loss in a row for Illinois. And what slim hopes they had for the Rose Bowl are now gone for good. Here's the rollout by the quarterback. He puts it out short. It's caught by Fox. He gets to the 11-yard line, and he stood up and dropped. In the open field, Rupert Brown and Gus Washington made the play and stopped him two yards short of the first down, and they'll force a field goal try here, which would put Western Illinois ahead. The stop at the 12-yard line, and so this will be about a 29-yard field goal try for Jeff, for a Matt Seaman, the freshman from Sherman, Illinois, near Springfield. He's four for nine on field goal tries this year. His longest successful effort, 41 yards. Seaman will have it spotted by Brad Fuller, the former Redbird quarterback who transferred here to Western Illinois as the kick is blocked. It's a loose football. Vander Harris got the block and the birds pick it up. Here's Anthony Burton at the 20-yard line and he'll be stopped at the 25 by Brian Cox. Vander Harris made the block and Burton recovers the ball and the birds have it at the 25-yard line in their own territory as the score remains. 7-7. During the change of possession, the give here is to the fullback, and Vic Northern has very little room as he gets to the 26-yard line, and the gain is only a yard for make it Richie Thompson, who carried on the first play of this series. Richie in there at the tailback spot now, along with Vic Northern, the fullback. Second down, 9 to go for Illinois State. 7-7 seven, seven score, 7 minutes to play in period number 2. Miller and Dickinson wide to the left, and here's Cheney rolling out that way, looking downfield, throws it short, caught by Vic Northern, breaks the tackle at the 30, and now at the 35, and he's dumped at the 40-yard line. Vic Northern ran right over a tackler at the 30 and got the first down, and eventually was dropped on the play by Trevor Grimshaw, the junior from Burlington, Iowa, but it's first and 10 birds at the 40-yard line in their own territory. Dick, we spoke a little bit earlier about the terrific job that the ISU special teams have uh, have done so far this year and what an improvement that they've made uh, from a year ago and uh, the blocked field goal there is uh, simply just one more example of the improvement that they've made and uh, Vander Harris coming right up the middle it, it's that kind of work and dedication that they put into their special teams that, this year that it has really paid off seventh first down of the game for the birds all of them via the pass as Cheney throws another pass and it's incomplete Vic Northern took a thunderous hit from Brian Cox 
as he tried to make the catch for what would have been a short gain. And Cox gets up and instead of jawing with Northern and telling him what a great hit he made, he uh, pats him on the shoulder and uh, I think in a, in a nice fashion. That's, that's good to see. Well, I guess what uh, goes around comes around here. The play before that, Vic uh, put his head down and rolled over a defensive back and, and got the first down. This time, uh, it was the Leatherneck, Leathernecks doing the hitting. Brian Cox, a good player, defensive player of the week in the gateway last week, and the Leathernecks are all over this play as well as they gave it to the tailback, and Toby Davis, or rather Richie Thompson, had nowhere to go as he's stuffed right at the 40-yard line. That'll make it third down and 10 for the Birds here with 6-11 left to go in the first half. It's a tie football game, 7-7 the score. Birds scoring on their very first possession on the TD pass from Chaney to Brown. Western coming back on a 40-yard touchdown pass from their freshman Davis to Brett Felby, the veteran. Third down and a bit less than 10 for the Birds. Chaney has a wide out each way, and he's back to throw, and he sets up the screen. It's caught by Thompson, shorts out of the field. He's out of bounds at the 42-yard line. Didn't have a lot of room to operate because he caught the ball on the short side near the sidelines and was forced out of bounds by the free safety Lamar McGriggs after about a two- or three-yard gain. So the birds will have to punt it away. And the defense will be right back on the field here, put to the test once again. New return man for Western Illinois. Randy Ball didn't like the way McGriggs played that last one, and Chuck Fox is now in to return the punt. Chuck Fox is still perhaps a little too deep yeah, to, uh, to agree. field this. Rager kicks it, and the wind holds it up, and Fox comes up, and he'll let it bounce. And this time it bounces the other way at the 30-yard line. It's down right there at the 30. Fox made the same mistake. You're right. But luckily for him, the ball bounced his way. They're going to run out of guys to put in there. 28-yard <laughs> kick. No roll that time. That was the difference as Western starts from its own 30-yard line, first and 10. 7-7 football game here in Macomb with 5.34 left to play in our second period. We mentioned Illinois, a 22-17 loser at Michigan. Virginia won over North Carolina today, 24-10. So the Cavaliers bounce back after losing that game last week to Georgia Tech. Here's Davis giving it off to Mike Cox, who brings a couple of tacklers with him to about the 33 or 34-yard line. Hester Williams able to make the play, and from there it's second down and seven yards to go. That last report, Bloomington hanging on to a 7-6 lead over Peoria Richwoods at Fred Carlton Field. And as we heard a little bit ago, Kurt Swearingen informing us, El Paso and Central Catholic scoreless in the early going in their game at Hancock Stadium. We'll go back to Willis here as soon as we get an opportunity and see what's up with the Raiders. Second and seven, and here's the pitch to Chuck Fox. He crosses the 35, now the 40. He's got the first down as he's stopped by Antoine Worthman at the 43-yard line. But their running game is clicking here, and they have another first down. Close to midfield. It'll be first and 10 from the 43 in Western Territory. Let's take a moment now and go to Fred Carlton Field for a quick update on the Raiders. Here again is Willis Kern. Well, Dick Bloomington has scored another touchdown, and they lead 13-6. to They tried a two-point uh, pass after the touchdown. It was no good. It was a 41-yard uh, drive set up on a uh, uh, one-yard. Well, the touchdown scored on a one-yard run by Keith Goodnight. 
He picked the ball up from the Peoria Richwoods 41, took it in from one yard out, 13 to six. Bloomington leads Peoria about midway through the third quarter. Thank you, Willis, as the ball is given here to Chuck Fox, and he is hit and dives back to the line of scrimmage. As no gain on that play, sets up second down and 10. Seven to six, or seven to uh, nothing, Michigan State leads Minnesota after one period. And Northwestern three, Purdue nothing after one quarter at Northwestern. Seven, seven to score here on second and 10. The give goes to Fox, this time he has a hole. Across midfield, now he's in the Redford territory and Wilbur Brown drops him at the 45 yard line in the Illinois State territory where it's first and 10 Leathernecks. They're on the move again here with 3.52 left to play in our first half. Doesn't look like Western's doing anything too fancy. Just quick pitches, left, right, right up the middle. Uh, and just about everything seems to be working right now. I don't know. Uh, I suppose that wind uh, is a tremendous advantage even uh, even on the run. <laughs> well, it is a stiff breeze. It could be that uh, they're playing the, uh, the pass so much more uh, since they do have the wind that they're giving up some, some running ground. 95 yards rushing already for Western in the ballgame as they give it again to Fox. And he has a little bit of room, but not much that time as he stopped at the 41 after a gain of about four. Chuck Fox, a junior out of Lanham, Maryland, played junior college football at Ellsworth in Iowa as so many of these Western Illinois players have. They have about a half dozen players from that school, a few of which played for the national championship team at Ellsworth of a couple of years ago. Second down and six after a four-yard gain by Fox. Here's the quarterback Davis after faking to Fox, rolling out, throwing up, and that's going to be too long. He meant to get it to Derek Swanson, I believe, although it wound up right between Swanson and the deep man, the wide receiver, Jeff Bush, a sophomore from Dade City, Florida. Poorly thrown ball, and that sets up third down and six. Clint Cullen and Darren Neputy come into the game here in a passing situation. Out go Tony Hosey and Hester Williams. More of the sack attack in there. Try to get a little more pressure on the quarterback. Give him a little less time uh, while he's looking right downfield. Third and six and wide to the near side. Lance Earl and Steve Ross. The tight end is Malone on the left side. And here's the pitch. They're running the ball. Fox is pretty well covered. A flag has been thrown as Fox is stopped at the line of scrimmage, maybe a yard behind. Birds had that play covered all the way. Gus Washington came up to make the hit, but let's see about the penalty. Deputy also in on the stop for the Birds. It was Washington who got there first. It's holding against the Leathernecks, and now a decision here for Jim Haycock. Well, I think if he uh, declines this penalty, it sets up a fourth and... Uh, It'll be third. If he, oh, if he declines if it, he I'm declines sorry. It, yeah. yeah, I think it'll put him into a fourth and six, and they will decline it and force Western uh, to punt the ball. And with the wind, it's a pretty likely situation that may go into the end zone. Yeah, that's right. When you, when you look the situation over... You have to decline that penalty because the extra field position doesn't help you that much. They're going to kick it down near the end zone anyway if you stop them on third down. This could be the toughest kick in the world, a, a pooch kick when you've got a strong gale wind behind you. Seaman will get it away from near midfield. He gets the football and angles it toward the sidelines. 
and that's not a bad effort. It bounces at the eight, and it rolls sideways, and it'll be down at about the nine-yard line, so he did it well, and the Birds forced to start deep in their own territory. 7-7 football game, 2.09 to play here in our first half. Let's watch Kurt, the Redbirds over the football at their own nine-yard line. First and ten is the situation. They jumped off sides. I don't know if they were drawn off. The play has been blown dead. There was contact before. The ball was snapped. And what a nice break that would be if it is offsides against Western. Birds deep in their own territory. Tied up 7-7 here. Working against the wind. Looking for some operating room. And Western has just handed them five yards worth of that. As they jumped offsides. Well, this has been a very strange first half more than anything. The, the way it started, it looked like Illinois State would come out, jump out, and, and dominate, really, this contest. Jumped out to a 7 to nothing lead, and uh, since then, since late in the first quarter, early here in the second, it's been all Western Illinois, and I don't know just how much we should attribute to that, uh, to that win. First and five, the situation now to give to Toby Davis. A little bit of room, now it closes. He gets to about the 15, maybe got a yard or so. Siebenhaller, again in there on the stop for Western Illinois. Gain of one, and that makes it second and four. The clock on the move with 1.50 left to play in the half. If the birds can get the first down here, they can probably run off the half, which I think is what they'd like to do. Operating into the wind. With the score knotted up 7-7. Mike Mersh in the game now is the wideout to the left. High formation of Northern and Davis behind Cheney, who is going to throw. Puts it out toward the corner. Caught by Dickinson. Down he goes immediately, but he's got the first down. A quick out pattern as Cheney dropped just a couple of steps. Dickinson turned and caught the ball at the 20-yard line. And it's first and 10 Redbirds. The clock can... About the huddle, but no, they're not interested in hurrying things along here. I think they're happy to run out the clock and go to the locker room tied up 7-7. Again, Bloomington with a 13-6 lead now. I believe they're late in the third period at Fred Carlton Field. We'll go back to Willis Kern right after the half ends. And as Kurt Sparrow has just told us, nothing-nothing second period between Central Catholic and El Paso. Here's Toby Davis hit hard as he gets close to the first down, but is stopped just short. Steven Aller made the hit. Boy, he's been a tough customer for that Western Illinois defensive unit, the junior from Ohio made the play and it's third and one and now the clock on the move and unless Western wants to use a timeout the birds do not have to snap the ball again. I can't believe that Western hasn't uh, tried to call a timeout and force ISU at least to punt from that situation. Birds are going to run a play here as they give it to Vic Northern and he stopped short of the first down but it won't matter because that was the final play of the second half. The clock ran out of the first half, excuse me, the second period. The clock ran out on that play. So we've come to the end of the first quarter. The Redbirds started quickly, led 7-0. It looked like they might score again on their second possession, but a missed field goal kept it 7-0, and from that point on, Western Illinois pretty much dominated the half. But the Leathernecks get only the one touchdown. They had another big opportunity to score, but had to settle for a field goal try, which was blocked. 7-7, the score at the intermission. Let's now go as Western Illinois here gets set to kick it away. The Redbirds will get the football first. We're ready to start our second half, a 7-7 football game. The Birds will have the wind advantage here in the third period as Foster and Dickinson are back to receive it. And there's the kick headed to Donnell Foster. 
who grabs it at the 11-yard line and comes back across the 20, now at the 25, works his way to the 30, and then is snowed under there. And the birds will start first and 10 from their own 30-yard line. Well, it's interesting to note, Dick, that uh, when the captains met at halftime, ISU chose to uh, to accept the second half, second half kickoff. Western Illinois chose to kick into that stiff breeze so that they could have it to their backs in the in the fourth quarter. So obviously, at this point, the onus is on the ISU offense to take a lead into the fourth quarter. Redbirds have Mike Mackey in the game as the tight end. He's actually flanked out a little bit here to the near side of the field, but they're running the football, and there's a hole for Toby Davis, who's close to the first down before he's put down on the turf at the 39-yard line. A nine-yard pickup. Make it Vic Northern who carried on that first play instead of Toby, and the senior from St. Louis playing his final game in a Redbird uniform picked up nine. It's second down and one to go. And unlike the, fir the first quarter, ISU elects to go to the huddle, uh, perhaps trying to take a little more time off that clock and be patient. Here's the give to Vic again, and he's got the first down. Straight up the middle, another nice hole. This time he's tripped up from behind by Thad Trump, but it's first and 10 for Illinois State as they move the ball to the 44-yard line. They've moved it 14 yards in just two plays here in the second half. And that's their first rushing first down of the ball game. They had eight first downs in the first half, all of them via the pass. That's almost hard to believe, but of course you never doubt Kerry Walter. <laughs> He's never been wrong. The give to the tailback, and it's Toby this time, and he gets across the 45, but then is hit hard and dropped at about the 48-yard line. Picked up four and then paid the penalty afterwards. It was Cox, Brian Cox, the outstanding player out of East St. Louis who made the hit. Cox, a first-team all-gateway player last year, likely will be again this year. He has five blocked kicks on the season, so he does it on special teams as well. Second down, six for the Birds, just shy of midfield. And now Cheney, after faking the handoff, throws over the middle, open as Miller. He caught the ball and held on to it and goes down at the 37-yard line. Took a big blow after he made the reception, but managed to hang on. LZ Barnett, the junior from Dallas, Texas, delivered the hit. First and 10 Birds at the 37-yard line after a 15-yard pass play. Oh, he was open, but not by more than half a stride. And there was... Uh, four Leatherneck uh, defensive backs right around him there. He, he did a nice job of keeping his concentration and holding on to the ball in traffic. Congratulations to the Bloomington Purple Raiders who are headed to the semifinals of the playoffs for the first time. 20-14 to 14 the final. The Raiders defeat Richwood. Says now Cheney rolls out to his right. He's in trouble and he'll go down. Siebenhaller there to make the hit, Dad Trump with some help, and actually a loss of one at the 38. Second down and 11 coming up. Mackey out of the game, and Brian Brown in there now at the tight end position for the Birds. Central Catholic either underway or about to get underway in their game at Hancock Stadium in the second half. They led 7-0 at the intermission over El Paso, and we'll hear from Kurt Swearingen here as we move along through our second half. Here's Cheney back to throw, puts it out there long, and the intended receiver Miller will not catch up with that one as Brian was throwing it away. LZ Barnett with excellent coverage. Now it's third and 10 at the 38-yard line. So the Redbirds losing a little momentum on this series. They have to convert a third down play here. 
Well, I know Jim Haycock would like to uh, keep this momentum going. They opened up the game with a, with a nice 10-play drive, that, uh, and they moved very effectively, primarily with the pass. Uh, here to open the second half, uh, they've moved the ball pretty well so far, but again, as, as you've mentioned, face a very difficult third and 11. Miller is wide to the short side, the right side. Dickinson and Brown wide to the left. That's the way Cheney looks. Now he looks back to the right. Now he goes down. A flag has been thrown as Cheney is dropped at the 45-yard line. He lost about seven on the play. That'll set up fourth down and will set up a Redbird punt pending the penalty. That's a position where uh, either he looked into the middle of that pile and saw an offensive holding or perhaps a, a face mask. I didn't see a face mask, and it is holding against the offense. Presumably, the Leathernecks will decline this penalty. If they don't, the Birds will have another opportunity on third down, although it'll be third and 21. I, I think I'd like to see them take this penalty from an ISU viewpoint. Right. There you are. They're thinking right along with you, Mike. They will decline the penalty, and the Birds will come out of the field and kick the football. Well, they lost seven yards anyway because of the sack, and so they'll definitely take the play. They would have gained only three yards and would have lost it down. As Brager is back to kick it away with the wind, he'll get it away from his own 45-yard line. There's the snap. It's on the money, and there's the kick. And a high spiraling boot's a good one. It may be too good as it lands a yard deep in the end zone. And so Western will take it. At its own 20-yard line, their first possession of the second half. We're tied here at the intermission, 12.03 to play in period number three. Dick Ludke here along with Mike Murray and our stats guy, Gary Walter, who's trying to keep that perfect streak going here at Macomb, and there's a lot of pressure on him at the end of the season to do just that. Who are you, Gary? 1-0? 1-0, that's not bad. I mean his streak of never having made a mistake. Oh, is, oh, is that the Except trick? that one time he thought he did. Here's the give to Bernard Holloway, who crunches over the right side of the line and now dives out to about the 19, or out to about the 24-yard line. Gain of four, second down and six coming up, and Vander Harris is shaken up a little bit on the play. And while they attend to Vander, let's go to Hancock Stadium. Central Catholic in El Paso, I believe, now underway in the second half. Saints had a 7-0 halftime lead. Let's get the latest from Kurt Swearingen. All right, Dick, we have five and a half minutes to play in the third period, and El Paso has had the ball the entire quarter. They have taken the opening kickoff of the second half from their own 19, have moved it now to Central Catholic's 15-yard line. Most of the plays being on the ground. There has been two pass completions by quarterback Jason Green. We still have a 7-0 score, though. Central Catholic leading this ball game, but El Paso is threatening as they have it first and 10 at Central Catholic's 15-yard line. Now back to McComb and Dick Lutke. Hi, very good, Kurt. Vander Harris is up now, but is severely limping off the field as Kathy Schwedwind of ISU's training staff is out there to it. As the pitch here goes to Chuck Fox, and he gets to the 25, and then the 26, and that's all. And in there to nail him before he could get going is Rob Wendlick, the freshman lineman from Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, who's had a great first year for Illinois State. 
third and four coming up now after a gain of two to the 26-yard line. One more college final. Eastern East Carolina has defeated Northern Illinois in Greenville, North Carolina, 24 to 20. Third and four here, and it's Holloway in motion. Just one running back behind the freshman Willie Davis, who's back to throw, rolling out to his right, has a lot of room, may run the ball. He does run the ball. He gets the first down. Breaks a couple of tackles, gets across the 35, and he's to the 37-yard line, where it's first and 10, Western Illinois. Wilbert Brown over there to make the stop for the Birds, but not before it's another first down for the Leathernecks. Actually, their first first down of this second half, but their 13th of the game. It didn't look like he had any intention of all of throwing that ball. He tucked it and put it right to his hip, and uh, it just simply, uh, it was student body right at that point. And now it's the same play as they go to the right again, and Chuck Fox breaks through a couple of men and now gets across the 40, and he's 2-42. to 42. Rob Wendlick was there to drop in for Illinois State, but a gain of about five to the 42-yard line, where it's second down and five for the Leathernecks. Bird's offense came out firing, but scored just one touchdown on their first two possessions as they were unable to convert a big opportunity on their second time with the football. And since then, Western has been the better football team, but it's still a 7-7 game as the Knicks are on the move again. They run up the middle this time, and spinning his way close to the first down is Mike Cox as he gets to the 47, and that's about all. Tony Jones there to get a piece of him, but the primary hit was made once again by Wilbert Brown, the outstanding junior linebacker from Miami. Yeah, Western offense is executing exactly what they need to right now. They're, uh, you know, we, we've hyped on this time and again, the, uh, the win that they're facing right here. But it, it's been very strong, and it's been dominant in this game, and they're taking a lot of time off the clock and, and steadily moving the football. Third down and less than a yard for Western Illinois. They're running up the middle, and that play was pretty well stuffed, but not well enough as Cox... Hit resistance at the line, but then broke free and actually got all the way to midfield and just into Redbrook territory at the 49-yard line. It's first and 10 for Western. Mike Cox came into the game as the Leathernecks' number one rusher, 586 yards and one touchdown. He missed last year's game against Illinois State because of an ankle injury. He's in there doing pretty well in this game. Now up to 37 yards rushing as he gets the pitch and tries the right side of the line, and they string the play out. That's Darren Neputy who gets it at the line of scrimmage as he forces him out of bounds at the 49-yard line. And it'll be second and 10 from there. 8.44 to play third period. It is a 7-7 football game. That was a play that worked twice a little earlier on this drive, but this time Darren Neputy uh, fought off the blocker and, and pushed the play all the way out to the outside where he's forced out of bounds. And that ISU defense, it sorely missed Darren Neputy the last couple of weeks. He can do so much for this defense. Second down and nine. They did gain a yard on that play, and here's the draw play. Two Cox runs into a man but slips through him and gets to about the 45-yard line. Rob Wendlick got a piece of him. And Cox dove away from Wendlick and got to the 45, a gain of about three, but it's still well short of the first down. Third down and six coming up here. Deputy now back in the ball game, replacing Wendlick in a passing situation for Western Illinois. 
Brett Veldy, their number one receiver, moves to the left side. Out wide to the right is Steve Ross. The backs are Cox and Holloway. Holloway, the deep man now, as Davis is back to throw. Sets up, Nephity in on him. He throws it over the middle. Screen pass up by Holloway. 40-yard line, first down, 35. Now the 30, inside the 32, 27-yard line. Robert Brown got a piece of him. Antoine Worthman brought him down. At the 27, and it's first and 10 Western as they convert the third down play with a nice little screen pass. Dick, I think this is the deepest possession either team has had headed toward the north end of the field. I believe that's right. Western is operating into the wind. They'll get the wind advantage in the final period. The wind may be not quite as brisk as it was in the first half. And maybe it'll die down as the game goes along. Here's the pitch to Fox as he gets outside, now cuts back and runs into tacklers at the 24-yard line and goes down after about a four-yard game. Tony Jones over there to make the hit for the Birds. A gain of four, second and six coming up. Well, they converted third and six with the middle screen. And they're on the move here into Redbird territory at the 24. Eric Simple and Chris Crutz into the game. Rob Wendlick and Scott Love come out as Jim Haycock tries to keep his defenders fresh. Second and six, two wideouts to the left. Cox and Holloway, the running backs. Holloway, a slot back actually. Flanked out a little bit on the left side, and they're going to throw it out to the left, and it's caught by Holloway at the 20-yard line. A block, and he gets past Simple as he crosses the 15, and it's here to 10, and out of bounds at the 9-yard line before he's forced out of bounds by Joe Woods. Great play, a quick toss out to the slot back on the left side, and Holloway got a good block and then shook a tackler and has it down to the 9 where it's first and goal, Western Illinois. 6.24 to play in the third. And the Redbirds tied 7-7 right now, digging in on defense. Jeff Bush in the game, along with Lance Earl. They're both wide to the right side. Here's the quarterback giving it to the tailback, and that's Chuck Fox, who dives to about the 7-yard line, hit from behind on the play by Scott Love and Tom Newberry. The game to the seven, where it's second down goal to go. And I wouldn't be at all surprised in this situation to see Western go to the uh, to the quarterback rollout with the option to throw the ball or perhaps tuck it and go. This will be the 14th play. This will be the 13th play of this drive. They've used six minutes on the clock. It's been a good drive against the wind for the next. Holloway wide to the right. Here's Davis rolling out to the right. Now he stops, now he's in trouble, and he'll go down. Back at the 14-yard line as the birds blitzed on that play. And Davis wanted to do exactly what you thought he'd do, Mike, but the blitz foiled the play. Tony Jones back there to get him first, and Wilbert Brown also in the backfield. The loss of seven yards back to the 14, and now it's third down and goal to go. Darren Nephuty in, and Hester Williams out in a passing situation. Well, we said this is where Illinois State is especially tough defensively. Once you get inside the 15, get inside the 10, uh, they can be difficult to control, and I think Western's finding that out right now. Brett Veldy wide to the right, and so is Bush, and back to throw is Davis, looking left, now on the run. He's at the 15, he's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown, and Western leads 
13 to 7. It looks like a couple of veteran tacklers might have the angle and might be able to force him out of bounds before he got to the goal line, but he just snuck into the corner, and the Levinex have their first lead of the day. Well, that was certainly not intended to be a quarterback run, unlike perhaps the previous play. <clears throat> it's a situation where the defensive backs did such a good job of covering everybody, uh, and perhaps the guys up front and a couple of the linebackers caught got caught coming a little bit, uh, a little bit too hard, and uh, he found a seam along the left side. 14 play, 80 yard drive, 14 yard touchdown run by Willie Davis, and the extra point is nearly blocked. Brian Good came close but didn't get it, and Seaman puts it through the uprights, and the Leatherneck now lead it 14-7 with 4.56 left to play here in the third period. So the Birds, if they are to get their second consecutive road victory, will again have to come from behind. We'll be back with more Redford football right after this. Up here by Seaman, a short one. Dickinson fields it on the run at about the 20-yard line and is able to get across the 30 to the 33. And that's where the Birds start first and 10 as they trail now for the first time in the game. They're down 14-7, still a lot of time to go, 4.52 here in the third period. Two wideouts are to the right, eye formation behind senior quarterback Brian Cheney, and it may be that a Western player was offsides on that one as they give it to Toby. He tries the left side and gets only about two or three yards. And unless the Western player was drawn off, it'll be a five-yard mark-off against the Leathernecks. Illinois Wesleyan has increased its lead over North Park. It's now 48-14, to 14, heading into the fourth quarter at Wesleyan Stadium. Here's another CCIW score late in the game. At Milliken, Augustana has a 17-6 lead over the Big Blue. And that may put the Vikings of Augustana in the Division Three playoffs. It would uh, put them tied with Milliken for the league championship if they hold on to the victory. The Titans would then finish third in the conference. Norm Ash was kind of hoping that Milliken would win that game so the Titans could tie for second in the league. It was a five-yard penalty against Western Illinois. It's only their second of the game. And the Birds face a first and five now at the 38 in their own territory. A wide out each way here. They're faking the run. Back to throw is Cheney setting up the screen. The ball is incomplete. Davis couldn't catch it. Back at the 32-yard line, it may be just as well he didn't catch it. I think that's the case. Uh, that one was so slow in developing that a few of the linebackers and defensive backs for Western uh, read that one, and they were on their way to deliver the blow. So it's second down and five for the Birds, who trail 14-7 to here at Western Illinois. Final game of 1990. And then we turn our attention a little bit more toward basketball. The basketball team will be scrimmaging at Olympia High School at 7 o'clock on Monday night, if you'd care to watch them. Here's Cheney rolling out to his right, has some room, now throws it, and it's dropped by Vic Northern right on his numbers at the 42-yard line. Vic tried to run with the ball before he caught it. Siebenhaller, the linebacker, was bearing down on him, and maybe he heard some footsteps. Boy, that's, uh, that's something you don't see very often, something we have, certainly haven't seen on a regular basis. Normally, uh, Vic has about a, perhaps the best hands on the team, especially out of the backfield, and uh, that's a situation where uh, I think he was looking downfield long before it got to his hands. Third and five now, Dickinson. 
is to the right. Mike Mersch in the game now as the wide out to the left. And Cheney back to throw on third and five. Sets up, runs out of time as he throws it. And Dickinson is there, and he's got it at the 30-yard line, and he's tackled right there. Dickinson had a step on the defender, Art McIntyre. McIntyre made a good play to prevent the touchdown as Brian Cheney drilled it right on target just before he himself was drilled in the backfield. 32-yard play, and that really turns things around in a hurry as the birds have it at the 30 in Western Territory. Well, that was reminiscent of some of the heroics those two uh, put on last week down at Indiana State in the second half, and, and it's going to take a play like that or, or a couple like that for ISU to get back into the game, take the lead, and uh, put some pressure on Western Illinois. Dickinson to the right, Mersh the slot back on the right side, and here's Cheney rolling out now in trouble, and he went down. Brian Cox, the blitzing linebacker, got a piece of him back at the 40-yard line, just enough of him to bring him down. And actually, Brian down to the grass at the 43-yard line. He lost 13 yards on the play. Second down and a long ways to go from there. 14-7, Western leads it, 3.23 to go here in period number three. Well, it certainly wasn't uh, what Jim Haycock was looking for in this situation, but uh, still on Western side of the field, and I think on uh, second and this long, that uh, Jim really wants to get at least part of it back. Here's Cheney back to throw, runs out of time, and they won't get any of it back. They'll lose some more instead as... They were in there on him again. The first man to get him was Todd Kayser, and then following up the play, Leo Brown, the junior from Chicago. Another sack, this time back to the other side of midfield. It's on the 47-yard line in Redbird territory, and now it's third down, and they've got to get to the 20, so they need to go 33 yards for the first down. A big pass completion to Dickinson, but now... Consecutive quarterback sacks against Brian Cheney. Bloomington a winner over Peoria Richwoods 20-14 and the third-ranked Raiders move to the semifinals where they may play Chicago Mount Carmel next week. We'll get a score on that game later on. Here's the toss out to the side, incomplete. Brian Brown had to reach back to try to get it and couldn't do so. And the Redbirds have to punt the ball right about where they would have punted the ball had they not made that big pass completion to Dickinson. They lost what they gained on the two sacks. Doug Brigger will kick with the win. 2.18 to play in the third period, and then the Birds will operate the rest of the game against the Breeze. Back to receive is McGriggs on Brigger's third kick of the day. Had a little trouble handling the snap, but he got the kick away. It's a wobbly one, and it's fielded at the 15-yard line by McGriggs. Back to the 20, and then he stopped at the 26-yard line. A 38-yard kick and the return of about 7 yards. And from the 26, Western starts first and 10. They lead it by a touchdown here late in the third period. Well, with the position that ISU uh, will likely have to deal with in the fourth quarter, this is perhaps the, the, most, the single most important possession of the game as far as ISU is concerned. They, they really have to stop Western now and give the offense some good field position to work with going into the fourth quarter. Lance Earl comes wide to the right. Steve Ross is the wide out here to the left side. Holloway and Cox are the running backs for Western. And the delayed handoff to Holloway gets hit a little bit from behind, but now breaks away from Tony Jones, gets across the 30 and is to the 32-yard line. 
Picked up about five, maybe six on that first down play. Jones had a chance to get him behind the line of scrimmage, but had to try to grab him with one hand and couldn't get enough of him to really slow him up very much. Well, that's the way uh, this game has really seemed to go for the ISU defense. Just They're just about there, but they're not quite in position, and, and Western is, is beating them really to the punch. Second down and six from the 30-yard line split backs and here's the delayed handoff and this time it's Swanson in the game and he sneaks through one tackle and is close to the first down as he got to the 35 yard line making the stop for the Redbirds was Tom Newberry four yard gain sets up third down and one to go with a minute 12 left now in the third quarter Redbirds trailing Western Illinois 14 to 7 that last report, it was Central Catholic 7, El Paso 6. We'll go to Kurt Swearingen for an update on that one here momentarily. Wideouts are to the right. Now one of those, Steve Ross coming back in motion to the left. A loose football, and they've got it back. Boy, a flag goes down as the ball was snapped. Apparently without Davis realizing it was going to be snapped. It went right between his legs back to the tailback. Mike Cox, who fell on it for a loss, Back to the 31-yard line. It's a legal procedure against Western. The Redbirds will have to take the penalty because the play was blown dead. And that may be why Davis wasn't ready for the snap. The whistle blew. That, that could have an awful lot to do with it. And uh, they'll face a third and six, third and seven situation right here. And uh, I believe the Leathernecks picked up at least three of those uh, third down situations on their last touchdown drive. And... Obviously, ICU doesn't want to get uh, let Western get out the gate this time. Third and six here from the 30-yard line. Birds are showing blitz. Newbury now backs off the line of scrimmage, and a long count by Davis, who gets the ball, gives it to Swanson. He's hit near the line and dropped well short of the first down. Nepute in there to get a piece of him. Wilbert Brown near the play once again. Darren Nepute gets credit for the tackle after a game of four. That'll set up fourth down, and now with six seconds to go in the period, the Birds have called a timeout, and that's a well-spent timeout because that'll force the next to kick against the wind. Six seconds left in the period. We'll be back with more here from Western Illinois with the Leathernecks leading 14-7 in just a moment. Kick against the breeze, and the wind holding it up as Larry Dickinson comes to make the fair catch after the boot by Eric Amdahl at the 34-yard line. One second left now. In the quarter, it's a 34-yard kick. Jim Haycock alertly calling the timeout just before the third period came to an end. So the kick was against the wind. And the birds here will run one play now with the wind with one second left on the clock. And they may try to air it out here, Mike. That was a terrific heads-up play by Jim Haycock to make uh, good use of that timeout. Birds will run the option, and that didn't work too well as Brian Chaney got hit at the 32-yard line and stopped for no gain. A great open field play by Thad Trump, the senior from Cahoka, Missouri, as the period comes to an end. With through three quarters, it is 14-7 Western Illinois. Raiders already through to the semifinals, and the Saints... We'll get there as well, possibly, as their situation a little bit better now. 
in their game against El Paso. Right here, second and 11 for the Birds on the first play of the fourth period. Cheney in trouble, got rid of one man, threw it up there long. That's Ronaldo Gallagher, and he has got it! Great catch as he dives to the 28-yard line for the grab. What a catch by the freshman Ronaldo Gallagher of St. Louis. He just made the headlong dive to get the football and put his team in a good situation down in Western Illinois territory. What a catch. Uh, that was perhaps the most theatrical catch we've seen, we've seen so far this year. He was he was absolutely stretched out dope uh, three yards before the ball came down, and uh, the timing was perfect. So the Redbirds, on the first play of the fourth period, convert a second and 11 into a first and 10 at the 28-yard line. Now Western, I believe, has been drawn off sides as the give goes to Toby, and he punches his way for about three yards to the 25-yard line. But flags have flown, and I think it's off sides against Western. 14.32 to play in the fourth period, and the Redbirds down 14-7 trying to come from behind. That pass play to Ronaldo Gallagher was 40 yards. The ball thrown a little bit longer than that. Chaney about eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. Threw that one almost 50 yards in the air. And Ronaldo Gallagher able to stretch out and get it for a tremendous reception. That was nearly 50 yards in the air going into the teeth of that breeze. The penalty is against Western. It's offsides against them. That's the third penalty against them in the ballgame. And they've all been defensive offsides penalties. And the Birds, for the third time in the game, face a first and five now at the 24-yard line. They are down 14-7 to here as they look for the tying touchdown early in the fourth period. Wideouts to the right are Gallagher and Dickinson. High formation behind Brian Chaney, who dropped the ball. It's loose back there, and Chaney trying to get it, but I don't believe he did. And the Lovinette have it. Coming up with the football for Western Illinois was Elsie Barnett, the junior from Dallas, Texas. That is the first turnover of the game, and it comes right after the spectacular catch by Gallagher. The exchange between Baldwin and Cheney was not clean. Brian lost the ball, turned to try to get it, and couldn't find it right away. And by the time he did, Elsie Barnett was on top of the ball a little bit ahead of him. Well, you can see that Brian Cheney never quite had the handle on that ball. And, hello. Uh, and uh, hello, everybody. <laughs> One of the fans here at Western wanted to get in on the broadcast, and he did it. Here's the give, no, the fake to the tailback and the throw out over the middle, and that one's caught by Cox near midfield. Now he gets to the 45, and he's hammered down at the 44-yard line as Western, working with the wind, stings the birds right after the first turnover of the game. Just that quickly, uh, ISU's fortunes have turned around. Ronaldo Gallagher makes a terrific 40-yard pickup uh, on a great catch, gives ISU great field position, a five-yard penalty, and suddenly... Uh, a fumble and a, and a nice pickup by Western puts ISU uh, with their backs to the goal. Birds down 14-7, and now Western in Redbird territory at the 44 as the give goes to Chuck Fox, and he's hammered at about the 41-yard line. A three-yard gain or so, and from there it'll be second down and seven to go with now 13 and a half minutes left in the football game. Redbirds had a 7-0 lead early in this game. Missed a scoring opportunity on their second possession after they scored on their first. Western then tied it early in the second period, actually on the first play of the second quarter. 
And now they've taken the lead here in the third quarter. As the give goes to Fox, he's hit but breaks one tackle, and now Tony Jones forces him out of bounds. Shy of the first down after Tom Newberry made the initial hit. The gain was about four. Second down and six coming up from the 40-yard line in Illinois State Territory. Well, one more first down from this view, uh, vantage point would uh, almost certainly put Western in field goal range. I know the defense wants to stop them here on this uh, third and four, third and five opportunity. Yeah, it is third. I said second down. The play was a four-yard gain, but now third down and about four to go from the 39. So a key play here for the Redbird defense as Brett Bildy is wide to the right. Backs are split, and here's the option, or the give, rather, to the left side, and not much room for Chuck Fox. He was hammered down at the 37-yard line. Rob Wendlick in there again, the freshman having a good ball game with help from Tony Jones. Gus Washington and Tony Hosey were all there. The gain only about a yard, and now it's fourth down, and apparently they're going to have to punt the ball here. It's too far for a field goal, even with the wind. And this is certainly one of those situations where they're close enough where ISU has to be aware, first of all, that uh, Western doesn't try to draw them off sides, and second of all, that they don't fake. Birds do have 10 men at the line. Looking for the block here as Eric Andall feels a low snap and kicks toward the sidelines, kicks it away from Larry Dickinson. That'll bounce in the end zone, actually, as he tried to kick it to the side, but didn't do a very good job. Just got it outside the right hash mark, into the end zone it went. The birds get the ball at the 20-yard line. They trail 14-7, the offense back on the field. So the turnover hurt them from a field position standpoint, but at least they have the football back with the score still 14-7, to Western out in front. And they haven't allowed any more points. Uh, it's getting to be the point in the ball game with uh, 12 minutes to go here in the fourth quarter. ISU can't afford really to get down by more than a touchdown. Redbird running game has been stuffed in this one. They have only 25 yards on the ground as Cheney gives it to Toby Davis. He bounces outside, now goes back inside and is hammered down at the 22-yard line. LZ Barnett, who recovered the fumble a moment ago, made the hit with some help from McGriggs, the transfer from Oklahoma State. Gain of two, second and eight coming up for the Birds. The Redbirds have really had to rely on the passing game. Brian Cheney has had a big day throwing the football, now over 200 yards. He's 14 out of 23. Has thrown one touchdown and has suffered no interceptions. The only turnover of the game, the fumble a little bit earlier by Cheney. Brian back to throw here, looks to the side. Dickinson is covered, now comes back to Mersh. Good job by Cheney, but it's not enough for the first down as Barnett made the hit at the 28 or 29 yard line, and they're about a yard or two short. But Cheney did a good job there. Looks right. The play was supposed to go to Dickinson, and Larry was covered like a blanket, so he calmly looked back to the left and found Mersh open on that sideline. And that's something that Brian Cheney really didn't have much command of early in the season, and uh, I think it has a lot to do with the success that ISU has enjoyed over the last four or five weeks. Mersh's first catch of the game, eighth man to catch the football for the Birds in this game. Now third down and two, and the Redbirds look to convert here. It may have been offsides again against the defense as the ball goes to the fullback and a first down. And I don't see a flag, so it's a good thing that Vic Northern was able to get the yardage. Quick opener right up the middle. The hole was there, and he met 
McGriggs, the free safety at the 34-yard line. He pushed him back from there. But it's first and 10, Illinois State, with 11 minutes left to play in the game. The Birds down 14-7. to Right at... I'd say there's still uh, still plenty of time for Illinois State here. Uh, they can afford to go on the ground and, and pick up the ground that way They're, with as much time as there is. They just have to be sure to move downfield. Here's the give to Toby, and he's hit near the line and driven backwards. And again, it's Barnett who is fired up by the fact that he recovered that fumble a little bit earlier. He's been a terror on this series defensively and a loss of a couple on that play on the give to Toby Davis. Second down and a dozen yards to go from the 33. Boy, that running game has just not been there. Western Illinois has been able to rush for almost 175 yards this afternoon. The Birds with about one-seventh that amount. Second and a dozen here. The tight end Mackey moves from the right to the left and in motion out of the right is Mersh and they're faking the run and they're running the end around play and there's a block to free Dickinson but he'll get back to the line of scrimmage and that's about it. Maybe not even that far as Western had that play smelled out pretty well. Siebenauer eventually making the stop but the man who forced the blocker out a little bit wide and therefore forced the runner wide was Ricky Newman, a junior from Clooster, Florida. And now it's third down and 14 from the 31-yard line. And Newman did make that play. Uh, no, he wasn't on, in on the tackle, but he, he slowed the play down enough so that uh, the runner had to stop and juke with the ball, and that gave the defensive back plenty of time in the pursuit to get there and, and really shut down the, uh, the end around. It is third and long, and here's Cheney back to throw, rolling out, and they're in on him, and he's in trouble, and down he goes, way back at the 14-yard line, and the man who made the sack was Leo Brown, the junior from Chicago, who gets his fourth sack of the year, and that is a huge one, as the Birds lost 15 yards on the play. So they lost yardage on each of those three plays after they had gotten the first down on the run by Vic Northern. And now kicking against the wind from about the five-yard line is freshman Doug Greger. As he waits for the snap from Brent Haar. He gets it and is able to get the kick away. It's not a good one. Off the side of his foot, it bounces ISU's way across the 40, now across the 45 and out of bounds at the 46-yard line, still in Redbird territory. 9-11 left to go after a 36-yard kick thanks to the roll. And it's first and 10 for the 31-yard kick, excuse me. And from the 46-yard line, it is first and 10 for Western Illinois. 9-11 left, and they lead. Western does 14-7. We'll go to Kurt Swearingen and see what's up with the St. Sandale Paso right after this play. A wide out to the right. And another to the left, and Davis faking the handoff, looking to throw the football, looking way downfield, throwing it long. Good coverage by Brian Good, and it's an incomplete pass. Good had the best chance to get to the ball as he was right with Brett Veldy on that one. Second and ten after the incomplete pass. Here's the quarterback throwing it off over the middle, and it's incomplete, almost picked off. Gus Washington able to swat it away from the intended receiver, Jeff Bush, as Davis threw that one up for grabs. Washington leaping in the air, getting one hand on it. Couldn't quite hang on to it. But now it's third down and 10 from the 46-yard line in Redbird territory for the Leathernecks. 
ISU hoping to come from behind again here and get another win on the road. That's what they were able to do last weekend at Indiana State. Third down, 10 to go for the Leathernecks. They're back to throw. Over the middle it goes. That one's caught, but will he get the first down? A spin move, and Malone dives, and he's very close to the first down, and I think he may have gotten it. Great effort by Malone after it looked like he would be stopped in the open field. Scott Love had the chance to get him, but couldn't make the tackle. And now they've spotted him possibly just a little bit short. The Birds may have gotten a good spot on that one at the 36-yard line. Well, it's going to be close. They're going to bring the chains out, I believe, and take a good close look at it. But it is a good spot from an ISU perspective. I thought he'd gotten it further, but it may be that his knee hit the ground there as he was making the dive for the first down. And they did not get the first down. So that's a fortunate spot. And Western Illinois, I would guess, will bring the punt team onto the field. That's a big, big play. Well, still no... Uh Still no sign from the Western bench that that's what they'll do. They, uh, as of right now, they're leaving the offense in. Wow, that's a pretty good-sized gamble. If the birds can stuff the play and get the ball, the field position changes dramatically as Western will be going for it. Well, I can see that, too, because they're at the 36, and you try to kick the ball, and maybe it goes in the end zone. You gain only 16 yards. If they were further back, they would be kicking it, I think. But they feel they don't have much to gain with a punt, and it's too far for a field goal. And they do have a lot of confidence in their defense. They've done a pretty good job uh, since that opening drive of shutting down ISU. And they have some confidence in their running game, too, as the Birds are up at the line looking to stuff the running play. They're looking for a running play anyway as Davis sneaks it. Straight ahead he goes, and he's got the first down. So they knew what they were doing as they felt they could get the blocking up the middle to get the first down. They only needed about a foot or so, and they got more than that. And it's first and 10 Western now at the 34-yard line in Redbird territory with 8.28 to go in the game, and the Birds trailing 14-7. The Leathernecks are getting dangerously close to that field goal range, which, uh, of course, would put ISU two scores down, something they can ill afford to... to fall behind. Here's Fox getting the pitch, gets outside, turns the corner, he's across the 30, and he bumps out of bounds at about the 26-yard line, and they are within the range of their field goal kicker with that run, as he gained close to enough for another first down. He's just a little bit short. At the 26, it'll be second down and one to go. And 8-10 left to go here in the football game. 74 yards rushing for Chuck Fox now in 18 carries. He's their number one rusher. Jeff Bush goes wide to the right. Lance Earl also on the right side. Derek Swanson in the game as the fullback now, along with Holloway, who gets the handoff, spins his way for the first down, crossed the 25, and gets to about the 24-yard line. And another Western Illinois first down. And in addition to eating up uh, big chunks of real estate and getting closer and closer to the Illinois State end zone, they're taking a good amount of time off the clock on this drive. And uh, just one more thing for Illinois State to battle. First and 10 for Western Illinois. They're at the 23-yard line now in Redbird territory, and we're inside eight minutes to go. 
Here's Davis giving it to Mike Cox. Dances his way across the 20-yard line and gets to about the 18. And from there, it'll be second down and five to go. Redbirds in a tough situation right now. Well, they've had a couple of scoring opportunities here in the second half after the long pass plays. One to Dickinson, which put them in Western Territory, but then the two sacks foiled that opportunity. And then the great catch by Ronaldo Gallagher in Western Territory a bit ago, but the fumble came after that. Here's the pitch as the birds were blitzing that time. They covered the play very well nonetheless as the quick pitch to the outside, and that's decent yardage. It was to Bernard Holloway once again, and he's collared over there on the far side of the field at about the 16-yard line. He appears to be just short. A third down play coming up here. And certainly the most important third down play of the game. Uh, certainly from Illinois State's viewpoint. They, uh, they really can't afford to give up any more ground. And of course, a little bit earlier in the game, uh, Western did end up going for a field goal. And, and fortunately, the Illinois State special team blocked it. I think Jim Haycock in this situation would love to, to offer up another field goal opportunity. Third down and about two. And here's Davis. Runs into his running back as he rolls out to the right. He appears to be in trouble. Now tries to come back and he stopped. Tony Jones got him at the 15 or at the 20-yard line. A loss on the play of about uh, four yards, and that'll set up fourth and six, and that'll bring the field goal unit on. Well, that makes that field goal four yards longer. It'll be about a 37-yard effort with the wind by Eric Amdahl, who has kicked this year, or by Matt Seaman, rather, a freshman, whose longest kick this year is 41 yards. So we're not too far away from that. Oh, I didn't see that. There is a flag on the play, as you may have just heard from the public address announcer. And if that's against Western, if it's a big one, the birds may want to take it. Well, now the flag, we didn't have a flag thrown until just now. Now the flag flies. And they still haven't shown any sign as to what the penalty might be. The public address announcer somehow knew there was a penalty, although no flag had been thrown until just now. And now we have it. It's illegal participation, I believe, is the call there against the Redbirds. Illegal participation is the call. And that's yeah. probably too many men on the field. And that is a deadly penalty. Yeah, it... Uh That'll give them a first down, Mike. That's, 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 that's a 15-yarder. That's exactly right, as opposed to a, uh, a fourth and seven, fourth and eight situation wow. with Western obviously going for a field goal. It looks like Western will have the uh, will have the first down inside the ISU 10. Half the distance from the line of scrimmage, moves the ball to the eight-yard line, and it is first and goal Western Illinois from there. Boy, oh boy, that is a killer. So, the Leathernecks have it at the 8-yard line, first and goal. They lead 14-7, 6-14 left to play in the final period as Jeff Bush goes wide to the left. Lance Earl is on the right side, and the Redbird defense has to dig it in and do it all over again as the give us to Holloway, gets to the 5, now brings a tackle with him to about the 3-yard line. Great determination by Bernard Holloway. Tom Newbery hung in there and made the stop, but now it's second and goal from about the 2. 
And if ever this Illinois State defense had to come to the floor and make a make a great stop, this is it. Uh, second and goal, and uh, you can be almost certain that unless they suffer a loss here in the next couple of plays, that they're in the situation where they would maybe actually go for it on fourth down. Drive started on the Redbird 46-yard line. Here's the pitch to Cox. He is going to get close, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown, which puts Western on top 20 to 7 with 5.27 left to play. Well, now the hill is a big one to climb for the birds. They have to score two touchdowns here in the final 5.27 to pull this one out. As Cox scores the touchdown, the second of the half for Western Illinois. It's a 46-yard TD drive, and the birds helped it mightily with that penalty. Too many men on the field when it appeared they were going to force them to try for the field goal. Ten-play drive. And Seaman looks to add point number 21 for the Leathernecks as Brad Fuller, the ex-ISU quarterback, holds it. And Seaman gets it through the uprights. And now it's 21-7. Western Illinois, the leader here over ISU's birds. We'll continue our coverage of it. All right, very good, Kurt. And congratulations to Central Catholic Saints. Both the Saints and Raiders will be playing football next week as the kick here by Jeff Seaman with the wind. Sails all the way to the one-yard line. Larry Dickinson has it there at the 5. Now at the 10, the 15-20 gets by one man. Now across the 25 and drags the tackler with him. Good return by Dickinson, considering the length of that kick as he started from the 1 and got back to the 28-yard line. The birds start there first and 10, and, uh, well, they used the hurry-up offense very effectively at the beginning of this game. They're going to have to do it at the end, Mike, to pull it out. Well, they put together a, a frantic display at the end of the Indiana State game last week and came from behind there. This week, they'll have to pull off some more heroics. Uh, actually to a greater extent this week if they want to come away with their sixth win of the year. They were down in the Indiana State game by, what was it, uh, 12 points with 13 minutes to go. Here's Cheney rolling out to his right, throwing on the run. That one is caught by Larry Dickinson. A great diving grab and down to the turf he goes at the 41-yard line. A pickup of 13, that's enough for the first down. Dickinson a little bit slow in getting up. Larry, who had a great game at Indiana State, is having another solid one here. But now he's shaken up on the Redbird. Training staff is out to attend to him. Well, he was sprawled out completely as he reached out for uh, for that ball. It could be that uh, the wind was knocked out of him when he hit the turf. Fourth catch for 54 yards for Dickinson and Cheney now 16 for 25 for 225 yards. But there's been no rushing offense for the birds as now Dickinson is up and is okay. I think you hit it there, Mike. He was had the wind knocked out of him and he's okay and will be back in I'm sure very soon Redbirds came from 12 down in the final 12 minutes at Indiana State they have to come from 14 down in the final five and a half minutes here and that's asking a lot but this team never gives up we've certainly seen that Mike Mersch wide to the left side and Ronaldo Gallagher is in there now wide to the right and Cheney with a quick snap drops and throws over the head of Mersh incomplete. Mike got his hand on it and hung up in the air for a moment. Art McIntyre, however, could not get it defensively for Western. That stops the clock with 4.53 left to play in the game. 
We mentioned Bloomington, a 20-14 winner over Peoria Richwoods, and the Raiders will host Chicago Mount Carmel next weekend. We assume next Saturday. That will be at Fred Carlton Field. Chicago Mount Carmel defeating Chicago Simeon in one of the other Class 5A playoff games. The Saints will be on the road no matter what. They'll play either Harden, Calhoun, or Mount Olive after their 17-6 win over El Paso this afternoon. Other high school finals we have as now play has been stopped here for a moment. Has a timeout been called? It's an official's timeout just for a moment. Other high school finals in 2A. It was Dupo over Villa Grove 40-13. 3A final, Monticello continues. A Venerables team, a winner over Greenville 14-8. Hud, a former ISU assistant coach. Carbondale beat Mascuda 30-16 in Class 4A. Right here, it's 21-7. Western Illinois with the lead and throwing the ball. We're looking to throw it at Chaney, and he's dumped hard by Stephen Aller back at the 32-yard line. The blitzing linebacker nailed Brian Chaney, who did not see him coming. Brian started to cock the arm and then just got the ball back into his chest in time and took another sack, and that's about the fifth time Brian's been sacked in this game. As we're back to the 33-yard line now, where it is third down and 20 to go. Four and a half minutes to go in the game, and the Birds on the short end of the 21-7 score. Wideouts each way, and here's Cheney dropping straight back, stepping up, throwing it long over the middle it goes, and that's intercepted. McGriggs has it at the 29-yard line. Lamar McGriggs back to the 40, and now gets through one tackle and goes down at the 48-yard line, making the stop is Mark Horton. And the Redbirds pop up the football on the second turnover of the ball game. With 4.06 left, Western has it now near midfield, ahead by 21-7. to Well, that should pretty much uh, cinch it for the Leathernecks. Uh, just 4.06 to go, and a good lead, good field position. It's a... Uh, a nice spot to be in for Western. <laughs> they are certainly in control right now as they go for their fourth victory. Excuse me, their third victory of the season. They came into this game two and seven. Here's the give to Cox, and he's belted down hard by Chris Crutz, who is in there, and Tony Jones also in on the play for Illinois State. No game there. It's second down and ten coming up for Western. left, and the clock is on the move. Redbirds are going to need a miracle now. The give here to Mike Cox on the second down play, and he picks up a couple of yards over left tackle to near midfield, where it's third down and eight yards to go. And now three minutes to go in the football game, and the Birds down by 21-7. to Steve Ross in motion coming across the middle of the field. And here's the give and the sweep to the right by Cox. He's hemmed in and is going nowhere. Hester Williams there to collar him. Chris Crutch helping out. And with 2.40 left to play, the Leathernecks keep the clock moving with that play, but they will have to give up the football. Birds have two timeouts left. They have two and a half minutes left in the season, and they need two touchdowns. That score of the uh, other game in the 5A bracket, the lower bracket of the 5A playoffs, Mount Carmel 29, Chicago Simeon 26. Mount Carmel, the number one rated team in 5A, will be at Bloomington next weekend. 
Eric Amdahl to kick it away. Larry Dickinson at his 20-yard line, hoping to return one for a touchdown here and put the birds back in the picture. Western has just taken an intentional delay of game penalty as they don't care too much about the five yards here. They're kicking from near midfield anyway. That is their fifth penalty of the game for 25 yards. Two minutes and three seconds left now after the clock is stopped because of the delay of game penalty. Western Illinois has one game to play. They play one of the better Division I AA teams in the nation next week on the road at Nevada, Reno. There's the snap, a low one, and it is fielded by Amdahl, who almost got it blocked. Brian Good was close to it. Here's Dickinson slipping as he tries to catch it. Now he does get it under control, gets across the 20, and uh, across the 25 to the 26-yard line before he's forced out of bounds. A minute 52 to go in the ballgame, and the birds start from their own 26-yard line, first and 10. ISU's soccer team, for the first time ever, will play tomorrow afternoon in the NCAA tournament in Dallas, Texas. Another ISU first was accomplished today for the men's cross-country team. The Redbirds finished second at the regional meet in Springfield, Ohio, second to Iowa State, and as a result, the Birds, for the first time ever, will compete as a team in the NCAA cross-country meet. So congratulations to John Coglin and his guys. What a good fall it's been for the soccer and cross-country teams at ISU. They both make it to the NCAA. Here's Cheney back to throw. Stepping back. Now in trouble. Now going down at the 18-yard line. Brian Cheney stopped back there by the blitzing linebacker again, Brian Cox. He's a tough customer. And that is minus 68 yards now for Brian Cheney in the ballgame. He has been sacked several times as he throws this one out to the side and it's incomplete. The bird's going without the huddle now. Larry Dickinson not able to get that one and that'll suddenly make it third down at the 19-yard line and about 17 yards to go on the clock on the move with 128 left in the season. Cheney has been sacked two, four, six, eight times now in the ballgame. And that, I would guess, is the most sacks against Bryan in one game for the season. He's back to throw again. Looks, pumps, can't find anybody. Now throws it out there, and he threw it away. Didn't have a chance to complete that one. Hugh Robinson in the game now as a wide receiver. Unable to get anywhere close to that one. It's fourth down, and the Redbirds will kick the ball away. And in essence here, they're saying, we give up. We're not going to come back and get this one. All eight sacks against Bryan have come here in the second half. That's right. He had positive yardage rushing after the first half of play. So the Western defensive line has gotten after it here in the second half, and although Cheney's been able to complete some big passes, he has been sacked time and time again. Here's the kick by Brager into the wind. It's not a good one. A high, spiraling, or wobbling boot, and it bounces back the other way, and the bird's unable to cover it as it rolls almost all the way back to the line of scrimmage, and Doug Brager, and what will probably be his final punch of 1990, will get credit for about a four-yarder as the ball bounces back to the 19-yard line, and that's where Western Illinois takes over first and 10. The Leathernecks will post their third win of the year. The Redbirds will finish the campaign with five victories and six defeats. As the ball, excuse me, not at the 19, it's at the 24-yard line. The line of scrimmage was the 19, and Western starting from 
The Redbird 24 with a chance here to add to their total, but they're not going to do that. Randy Ball is a classy coach, and he's put in his backup quarterback, Ron Reed, to touch the ball down after receiving the snap. The Birds have two timeouts left, but they're not about to take them here, as this game will come to an end, and so will the season. And the Birds will finish, as I've mentioned, with five wins and six defeats, the same record as a year ago. But it certainly appears as though the Redbirds have made some progress this year in their effort to win a conference championship and get to those NCAA playoffs. The record itself doesn't reflect it, but this season has been a better one for many reasons for Illinois State against what I would say is a tougher schedule than the one they faced a year ago. As now touching it down again is Ron Reed. I don't know if he'll have to do it one more time. Let's see when they start the play clock. No, they don't start it until after we're inside of 25 seconds, and so that should be the final play of the game. Redbirds finished this game because of all of the sacks against Brian Cheney with negative yardage rushing. Gary Walter will total up the statistics for us, and we'll have those in our post-game program as the Birds chase defeat here in the finale at Western Illinois. 21-7 was the final score. Western wins it.